Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It reads, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed. As the Lord assigned to each, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in this age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours, and you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. So as we continue to walk through Paul's letter to the Corinthian church here, we see that he's returned again to this discussion of divisions that are within the church. In bringing this back to the focus of the discussion, he wants to correct the error of their thoughts. He's going to display how their understanding of what's going on and how they're forming these factions really displays how little they understand about the truth of the gospel and the way in which the gospel works. And so as we open this chapter and close it, he's talking about the people that are claiming to be a part of either Paul or Apollos or Cephas. So they're saying that they're part of these people. They're following these people, these people's teachings. He wants them to know that those people who they're claiming would not want that to be the case. And that by doing this, what they're really showing is they don't understand how the gospel works. As we walk through this, we see that Paul centers into the fact that the main growth agent in the gospel is God. And that's the important perspective that these people have lost. Because by joining these factions and by talking about them, what they're really saying is, hey, I'm on this person's team. This person's the best. This person is the one that we should follow. And Paul wants them to understand it's not about the people. It's not about them. It's about God. It doesn't matter who has done the parts of the service. It doesn't matter who is planted or who has been the one who is watering in terms of the agricultural image that he's using to display this truth. It's God who does the growth. So if we go out and we plant seeds and we water them and we give them the best light and everything that they would need to grow, there are certain times that those seeds won't actually grow because the seeds are bad. There's also times where other things could come and to do different 
things to the seeds into the growth process to make it so that it's not fruitful. We see that in the parable of the sower. And so Paul is showing us that the one who truly makes the growth and the one who truly allows those seeds to see through the full process that they're desired to be is God. And so God is the one who is to have the credit and God is the one who is to be focused on in this process, not the mere servants, not the mere ones who are the workers in the process. And so he wants them to understand that God is the one who's working in them, and not just that, but if God is working inside them, they are the temple of God, and God's temple is holy. They're the ones who are supposed to be understanding this as they are the ones hopefully imparting this to the people around them. And Paul says, hey, even when I was with you, I was only able to give you these small little truths because you weren't ready for the fullness of that. And so they haven't matured beyond this point. They don't understand the process of what the gospel is doing and how it's central to their lives. And that's probably why there's going to be so many other large problems in the church is their lack of a full understanding of what's taking place. And so he wants to take them back to the foundational principle of the gospel, that they understand that God is the one doing this among them. It's not a work of man. It's not a work of any of these other servants that are there. It's a work of God who then comes into their life, dwells in their body, and causes them to have a life that is far different than the worlds around them. And so he's going to be refocusing them into that truth. He wants them to understand what's happening in their lives. If they've given their life to the gospel, it's a transformative thing for them. It's something that should radically change the people that they are. And so he's going to go into specific instances of the ways in which they're not displaying the truth of the gospel being transformed in their life. He wants them to understand that when God comes into their life, he then indwells in their body and that makes a radical change in their life. If that's not present, then it's not probably a true display of the gospel. Instead, it's this wisdom of the world or the craftiness of the wise people or these wise phrases or teachings that they're trying to ascribe to that are actually probably just nothing more than behavior modification or even just vain boasting about what's taking place. Paul's point is the true gospel has no place for that. He sees himself as a servant. He sees himself as nothing more. God is the true main character of the story of the gospel transformation. And God is the true main character of the continuing work of his church. It's a blessing to be a servant who is used by God. It's a blessing to be a part of that process, but it's not going to change the importance of the principal character, the primary agent for what's taking place. So Paul wants them to really grasp this before he moves on to start addressing the specific issues that display the lack of a solid foundation for the gospel in the lives of the church of Corinth. As far as a question that comes out of this passage, we see a question here in verse 13 that's commonly asked, what is this day that's being talked about? When we look at it and we understand what he's doing here, we'll also see it in 2 Corinthians, is he's talking about a judgment day that will take place to judge the way in which the servants of God have been stewards of what he's given to them. 
How have they used the opportunities that God has given them for the kingdom work? This is not a judgment that is going to be giving eternal damnation or anything like that that's taking place, but is more of this concept of the rewards that God is giving. Because as they walk through this process, as they look at what's taking place, as what they have done for the Lord is tested or refined or revealed by the fire, it's going to burn off all of those excess things and leave what is pure, leave what is holy. And I don't want to take away from what we're going to see in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but I do think it's important here that we understand what Paul is doing within the context of the argument that he's had here about these different factions or divisions that have taken place in the church. He says those servants who their work and what they're doing is going to be found to be favorable that will receive the reward that is there in verse 14 that he speaks about are going to be the ones who have built upon the foundation of the gospel in Jesus Christ. And so what he is hinting at and what he is displaying through this image is those people who are making these sects and divisions and the different things that are causing the factions in the church at Corinth are not building upon that foundation. In fact, they're building upon their own foundation, and when that is going to be taken to the seat of judgment, it's going to be something that is entirely burned up. There will be nothing left for them to have as a reward because it's not going to be beneficial. When we look at this and when we see what he's saying here about the believers, when they are going to be truly in that situation, if they have built upon the foundation and if that is going to be something that survives upon that, it's going to allow them to have the reward that takes place when they work through this. And so this like image and what's taking place, it reminds me of when I was uh, a kid and I would often try to build gingerbread houses, but they weren't actually gingerbread houses. Houses. They were houses that we made out of graham crackers. We used the icing to be able to uh, put those together, and then we decorated them with candies and things like that. And so it was pretty fun. Uh, it was one of those activities that I vividly remember doing a lot over and over again. You know, each year we would do that at school or different places. Um, but the most important part of that was obviously the foundation that it sat on. And so if you didn't attach your work to that foundation, which was generally a paper plate or something easy like that, we would often forget to attach it to that foundation. And then as you're moving it around, it's going to collapse because it's not there. So even if you attached all the graham crackers with the icing, you put that all together. If you didn't attach it to the foundation, it was going to not last. And so as you tried to move it for the judging or you tried to move it to a different place, it would always collapse in on itself because it wasn't actually attached to the foundation. And so years and years of doing that, I really learned like, hey, the most important thing is attaching this to the foundation, getting that glue basically of the icing to hold those graham crackers in place so that everything you built above it was going to actually stick to the things below it to give it that solid structure and that true form that you needed for your graham cracker gingerbread house to really stick out. And so Paul is saying it's that same way. If you're going to be in this situation on the day of this judgment that is a judgment of rewards, not a judgment determining eternal 
destination. But if on that day you're walking through this, what's going to matter is how what you have done and what you have built on is actually tied in and connected to the foundation of the gospel. If that connection is not there, then what you're doing from that is all going to be burned away. If it's present and connected to that foundation, then when the fire comes, it's going to reveal that. It's going to reveal that it was a work of the gospel growing out, and it's going to be something that is worthy of commendation or reward. And so Paul really is using this day of judgment in the thought there to show how central it is that they're building upon the gospel and not moving away from that, which is what is taking place with the factions that we've talked about here in this chapter. And so as you walk through this passage, as you examine it, as you see different places that you might have questions, you're wanting to search and to find the way in which those questions have answers that are rooted in the gospel, not from just what other people say. And so as you talk with other people about this, make sure that you're testing that back to what the gospel says, that you're looking back at God's word, that you're examining everything that you're learning and everything that you're learning from others and from this podcast and every area of your life, that you're viewing it through the lenses of scripture, that you're viewing it through what God has revealed to us so that you are able to then build upon the foundation of the gospel in your life and allow others to do that in theirs. As you do that today, know you were loved. You're-